discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Why don't you give God a glory, lift up your hands towards heaven and just bless his most holy name. Kabashate. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. You've been good to us. You've been good to us. We celebrate your goodness. You've been good to us, Father. Just thank God for his goodness. You've been good to us, Father. Thank you for a new year. For every good and perfect gift is from above. And coming down from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness, Neither shadow cast by turning. We praise you. Thank you, Father. You've been good to us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the anointing of your spirit. Thank you for the blessed Holy Spirit. Thank you for the influences of the spirit. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the innumerable company of angels. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the precious things brought forth by the sun and the precious things put forth by the moon. Thank you for the treasures of the hill and of the snow. Thank you for the sweet influences of the Pleiades. Oh, none like you. Shama Rabahara Bar Bakuziba Rata Basonda Rabahata. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Shaborabababa Shandorabababa. You are beautiful, Lord. You are beautiful, Lord. Thank you for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. this blessed morning 
Abba Father, we receive, we take, we lay hold of your word. And dear Father, we don't want the 30 fold, we don't want the 60 fold, we take the 100 fold. And we produce 100 fold effect, 100% effect. And we are blessed in the land. Ah, we are blessed in the land. As the seed of Abraham, as the heirs of God, we are triumphing. We are prevailing. Thank you that we are big. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father, in Jesus' name, the Son. Give him the praise and please be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm excited for today. God has been faithful to us. Then I thank God for your life. I thank God for your pastors. And I thank God for Reverend Yvonne's life and everyone. And I thank God for the bishop's life. Hallelujah. You're in a good place. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, I have come home. Now when I'm here, I've come home. So I'm very comfortable. Hallelujah. And God is going to do amazing things amongst you. Yeah. You see, it's almost like you are sitting in gold. It's like a, your feet is dipped in treasures. Right now, actually. So, amazing things are happening. Already in the spirit. And heaven is excited. Today, actually, is a great day before God. For your life. It's an appointment. It's an appointment. Praise God. So, we are talking about the first fruit. This uh, Sunday morning is a, is a first fruit conference. The first fruit. Now, in the Bible, God has his economic system by which he operates. And that system is different from the system by which the worldly principles operate. Sometimes what happens in our lives is that we are able to see some of the principles that governs God's economic system and we enter into them. But what happens among God's people is that most of the times we are not able to take hold of all the principles in God's economy to work in it. So sometimes we work in some and we receive some benefits of that. But for you to enter into the supernatural, overflow, supernal blessings, the extra, the abundance, you have to be able to plug in and to access all of God's economic principles. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Because if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So, this morning God is opening our eyes to see that 
We know about the free will offerings, which we give every Sunday. We know about the tithe, which we do at the end of the month. We know about special seats, which we sow to either our pastor or to the work of the ministry. But there is one that is not very popular. And that is what is called the first fruit. And uh, if God shows you that he's extended his grace further to you because he wants you to overflow. Yeah. And if, it's, if, if God has prescribed it for us, we just need to take everything that is written for us. Because we are not ordinary people. We are God's consecrated people. And we live in God's economy. We don't live by the economic principles of this world. Not at all. Hallelujah. So how many of you are willing to know? Praise be to God. So, there is the... There are two givings that predate the law. Two major givings that, that predate the law. The first fruit and the tithe. The first fruit and the tithe far predates the law. The tithe is popular, but the first fruit is not. The first fruit is mentioned far before the tithe. The first fruit is mentioned in Genesis chapter 4. That is when it began. But the tithe is mentioned in Genesis chapter 14 with Abraham and Melchizedek, though it was already in practice, but that is when it was first mentioned, Abraham and Melchizedek. So, the first fruit was mentioned in the Bible. It was practiced, mentioned 2,000 years before the tithe. Genesis 4, Genesis, in Genesis 14, it's 2,000 years for your information. Yeah. Between Adam and Abraham is 2,000 years. Then, hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. In the days of Abraham to the gift of the law, it's a little, it's a little less than 500 years. So, the first fruit is mentioned 2,000 years before the, the tithe. You can you just imagine? Why? Because if it's a first fruit, so obviously it, it had to be first to be mentioned because it's the first fruit. But what I realize is that many people think that the first fruit is the same as a tithe. Yeah. So in a lot of churches, a lot of ministries, you go to meetings and they even quote scriptures about first fruit for the tithe. So when it's time for the receiving of the tithe, mostly first fruit scriptures are quoted. But they are two different things. They are, they are, not, they are, they are never the same. They are not the same. How many of you want to know the difference? <laughs> Hallelujah. First fruit is the first fruit. Tithe is the tenth. <laughs> we'll get there, but let's give some foundation so you can understand. Now, when we, you hear the word first fruit, the word first fruit now, 
First fruit actually is a principle. There's a principle of the first fruit. It is a principle of the first things. That the first fruit actually implies that in principle that we are putting God first in time, in order, and in priority. You are putting God first in time, in order, and priority. You see, God's place, the place of God in your life, God actually must be first in your life. And God wants to be first in your life. God doesn't want to be second in your life. God wants to be first in your life in everything. Now, God wants to be first in your life, in your time, in your business, in your marriage, in your family, in your money, and whatever you do, God's place is the first place. Praise God. When God is first in your life, everything falls into alignment. If God is first in, in your life, everything falls in perfect alignment. Now, if God is second in your life, nothing works. When Jesus, Jesus said that if any man comes to me and does not hate his mother and his father and his you know, siblings and wife and everyone, he cannot be my disciple. Now, King James uses hate, but he's not talking about hatred. He's talking about God must be first before everyone because that is his place. When God is first in your life, you know what happens? Your marriage works. Your family life works. You have proper parenting. Your business prospers because God has his rightful place in your life. But if God is second, nothing works. C.S. Lewis made a profound statement and said, when first things are put first, second things are drawn into it. But put second things first and you lose both the first things and the second things. That's what C.S. Lewis said. If first things are put first, second things are drawn into it. Put second things first and you lose both the first things and the second things. So God's, God has to have the priority in your life. He must be first in your time. First in your time. That is why, you see, you are here today. Giving the first day of the week to God is to, is to give God the priority of your time. Sunday is the first day of the week. And Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. Under the law, under Moses, the Sabbath was Saturday, the seventh day. But when Jesus resurrected, the day of the resurrection became the Christian Sabbath. Praise God. Because when Jesus resurrected, that day was called the Lord's Day. And the early church met on the Lord's Day. They always assembled on the Lord's Day. Jesus appeared to them always only on the Lord's Day when he resurrected. Establishing the Lord's Day as the day of the church. And the Lord's Day is the first day. Now the Lord's Day is different from the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is his second coming, bringing judgment upon the earth. That's not a rapture. Rapture is before that. This one is when it comes to claim the earth. But in the Bible, the Lord's day is Sunday. And Sunday is the first day of the week. And that is when the church actually we have to meet. The church Sabbath is Sunday. And when you give, you come to church on Sunday and you give Sunday to God, you have given him the first fruit of your time. 
So you are in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. The right place at the right time. Yeah. God always must be first. The Bible said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So we seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added. In Matthew 6.33, amazingly, the word shall be added in the Greek actually says, all these things will be drawn to you like a magnet. All the things the world is dying for will be magnetized to you. Will be pursuing you, will hunt you down whilst you are pursuing the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say God is first in my life. In every way. You know God's nature and God's attributes. I love his attribute. One of his attributes is that God is immutable. The immutability of God. God is immutable. Wherein God willing the more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath. In Hebrews 6, 17, 18. Now, God is immutable. That means God does not evolve. God does not change. God does not mutate. You know, God is the same. That is why in, in Latin we say God is simple idem. God is simple idem. That means he is always the same. He doesn't change. Now, to say God changes or God can change means that God can become better. But God cannot become better because God is best. God is best. For you to say God or oh, God can change. No, he cannot become better. Because he's always best. <laughs> One of the nature or the attributes of God is that God is preeminent. Or the preeminence of God. We call it the preeminence of God. The preeminence of God. Now, what is the preeminence of God? Now, the preeminence of God states that God can never be second. That's the preeminence of God. God can never be second. <laughs> To say God, the preeminence of God actually means that God is higher than all, God is above all, God is before all, and God is first of all. That's the preeminence of God. He's higher than all, He's above all, He's before all, then He's the first of all. So, in God's preeminence, God can never be second. You can never give God a second place in your life. He can never be second. Anytime you give God a second place, you have not honored and treated him as God. To give God a second place is an insult to God. You have not honored and treated him as God if you give him the second place. Therefore, <laughs> the first place you understand is his place. <laughs> you can do nothing about it. It's his place. He is first. In his preeminence, God can never be second. Hmm. That is why, under the law, you know what God did? God demanded the first fruit of everything. He's, he always goes for the first. He demanded the first fruits of every animal that, that is born. 
Every animal, the first fruit or the festering, belongs to God. He demanded the first fruit of, of fruit of the fruits, first fruit of trees, first fruit everything. Everything you can ever use, God demanded the first fruit. Even trees, the first fruit belongs to him. The fruit, the first fruit. The barley, the grain, the wheat, whatever. God demanded the first fruit. It is his. Even the first fruit of men, your firstborn was actually his. Yeah, all in the scriptures. Anything caught first is his. Legally. Because God cannot be second. Now, do you know why God accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's offering? Let's go to Genesis chapter 4. Mokataye. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Alright, verse 4 says, And Abel also, Abel, he also, brought the festlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offerings. Remember that in Hebrews 11 verse 4, the Bible t- tells us that by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than, than Cain, in the which he obtained witness that he was righteous, and God testifying of his gift, in that he, being dead, yet speaketh. How did Abel give his offerings? The Bible says, by faith. Say by faith. What does it mean to give an offering by faith? Now, faith presupposes a divine revelation. If Abel gave his first fruit offering by faith, and faith presupposes a divine revelation, it means God had previously spoken to Cain and Abel about the first fruit. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So for Abel to respond in faith, he had already heard God speaking to them about the first fruit. You can't act in faith if you have not heard. So whenever the Bible says by faith, it reveals that something had previously been spoken. It presupposes a divine revelation. So, God himself had taught Adam, his family, about first fruit. First fruit. He had taught them about what to give and when to give. He had taught them about what to give and when to give. Because the Bible says in Genesis 4 verse 4 that Abel gave the festilings. Say the festilings. Now this word is the same as first fruit. Praise God. Festiling is when you have an animal and your animal gives birth. If the animal gives birth to eighth, the first, the first that comes out of the womb is the festering. It belongs to God. Praise God. But if it's from the field, the first harvest is called the first fruit. So it's the same thing. So the Bible uses other festerings or first fruit. The first that the first produce, whether from the field or from the animal, is the first fruit. The first lane or the first fruit is the same. So the Lord already had instructed them. So Abel had cattle. He had a flock. You know what Abel did? The instant the cattle gave birth, the flock gave birth, the sheep gave birth, he took all the firstlings and offered them to God. 
all of it and offered them to God. Anytime a cattle gives birth, it was for God. The first one was for God. That was what Abel did. God taught them what to give because God prescribed that the offering must be of the animal stock, not of the fruit of the field because the blood was necessary for redemption because everything typified Christ. That was to come and bring us redemption. But look at Cain's mistake. Now, where did Cain miss it? He gave what he wanted and when he wanted. Now, Cain gave what he wanted and when he wanted. Number one, he gave the fruit of the field while God prescribed an animal sacrifice. So, he gave what he wanted. <laughs> so, there was not faith in because God had not spoken. Number two, he gave it when he wanted. Because when it comes to first fruit, it is time bound. It is within a certain limit, lim limit and restriction of time. So, the moment Abel, the flock gave it, he gave it to God. But when it came to Cain, Cain gave it in the process of time. Now, Cain gave it in the process of time. So the Bible says, and it came to pass in the process of time, that Cain. So what he did was that he waited uh, somewhere along the uh, April, May, June. <laughs> somewhere in the midst of the year, and he tried to offer something to God. Not the way God prescribed it, the way he, what he wanted and when he wanted, and he missed it. Are you following me? God must be first in your life, in your time, in your family, in your business, in your money. Anytime God is not first, you know what happens? God becomes jealous. Because jealousy is God's nature. Anytime you give God a second place, you provoke what is called legitimate jealousy. <laughs> I, the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Exodus 34 verse 14. I, the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Jealous means that God is intolerant of any rival. You give his first place to another person, God doesn't tolerate it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. And the Spirit of God doesn't like it. Or do you think the scripture see it in vain that the spirit that dwelleth in us lasted to envy? James 4 verse 5. The spirit that dwelleth in us has an intense longing for jealousy. What it means is that the Holy Ghost is in you. Anything that takes the first place in your life, the Holy Ghost it doesn't like that. Doesn't like that. Whether it is your time, you are too busy, you don't spend time with the Lord. Whether it is your money, the first doesn't go to him. Legitimate jealousy. Hallelujah. So, the foundational principle for what I'm coming to talk about is that God must always be in the first place in all our lives. Praise God. All right. Now, now what is this first fruit at all? Praise God. 
All right. Exodus 13, 11 to 15. Exodus 13, 11 to 15. And it shall come to pass, and it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanite, as he swore unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee. Thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix. That means all your flock, the first to come out of the womb is for God. If you have thousand flock, thousand sheep, each of them, the first they give birth to belongs to him. The first that comes out of the womb belongs to him. The second is yours, but the first is his. Good. He is in the first place. And every festering that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the mills shall be the laws. And every festering of an ass, thou shalt redeem with a lamb. <laughs> and if thou would not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children shall thou redeem. It shall come to pass, and it shall, and it shall be. When any time I see it shall be, I, I, I add come to pass to it. And it shall be when thy son accept thee in time to come, saying, What is this that thou shalt say unto him? By strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of bondage. And it came to pass, when the Lord, when Pharaoh would not let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrificed to the Lord all that opened the matrix, being mills, but all my, the firstborn of my children I redeem. What does this mean? Are you here? Yeah. Now, so what it meant was that, as I've described, all the beasts you have, the first that come out of the womb, the matrix, is his. It belongs to him. It belongs to him. But the Bible says that if you have an unclean animal, you can't offer the unclean animal to God. You have to redeem it. That's what we read. What does it mean? Now, in the Bible, there were clean animals and unclean animals. Clean animals and unclean animals. The lamb is an example of a clean animal. The donkey is an example of an unclean animal. So in these verses, the donkey is mentioned. What did I say? The lamb is an example of a clean animal. And the donkey is an example of an unclean animal. So for instance, you can just go straight to God to offer a lamb as first fruit. Because the, the lamb is clean. But you have a donkey. The donkey has given birth. The first that comes out of the matrix, the womb, you pick that baby donkey, you can't go and give it to the Lord. Because the donkey is an unclean animal. The Lord will not, will not accept it. He says you, should, you, you must redeem it with a lamb. What it means is that you have to get a lamb and present it to God in place of the donkey. So every unclean animal, you need a clean animal to redeem it. But if you decide not to redeem it, 
you have to break the neck of the donkey. Then I'll, I'll come back to this before we close. What it means to break the neck of the donkey. Because some of our necks must be broken. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so then, this is so amazing. So the clean and the unclean, you present the clean that comes out of the womb. But if it's unclean, you redeem it with a lamb. Praise God. Now, why, why was God saying all of these things? What, of what interest do we have in all of these things? Remember that whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. In Romans, Romans 15 verse 4. Now, all these things were written for our ensamples. And they are given for our admonishing upon whom the ends of the world are come. In 1 Corinthians 10, he says, whatever we read in the Old Testament is given as our examples or examples. In the Greek, they are given as types. All that we see and all that we read, they are all types. That's how to use the Old Testament. One day, Paul was addressing the Thessalonians and he says that, he said that, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they that labor in word and doctrine. I know the scripture, every one of you know, knows the scripture in this um, commission. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, in first, uh, this Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. The elders that rule well, they should be accounted worthy of double honor. The word honor there is the word for money. Money. Especially they that labor, those who labor in the word and doctrine. And verse 18 says, For the scripture said, look at, look at how Paul used the Old Testament and brings it into the New. For the scripture said, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth the corn. Now he picks something from the Old Testament uh, uh, and skillfully, the same thing is uh, spoken of in First uh, um, Corinthians 9, from, from verse 9, that Paul says that does God care for oxen? Do you think that God wrote this verse for the oxen? No, 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 no. He, he wrote the oxen, he wrote about the oxen for the ministers of the gospel. That's what he's saying. <laughs> you know, does God care for the ox for oxen? No, God didn't write this verse because of the oxen. Uh-huh. <laughs> he wrote it for the ministers that as they tread the corn, don't keep their mouth closed. <laughs> they must partake of the corn. He's talking about blessing your man of God. Hallelujah. Blessing the pastors. That's what he's talking about. So look at how he used a verse in the law and open it up for our understanding. Now, anything that is born, that is unclean, God cannot accept. It must be redeemed. How many of you know that? And the Bible says that the firstborn must be redeemed. How many of you know that? All of us were born unclean. All of us were born unclean. The moment you came from the womb, you were unclean. That is why David said in Psalm 51 verse 5, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So you were born in sin. Have you realized that if you have kids, they can see some wild things, you don't know where they got it from. Or they can behave some way, they were not taught. You wonder where they picked it from. Have you realized that? Yesterday I was with Bishop, and uh, he was showing me his son swimming. He stood in, in the water, and a certain small boy just came, and the way he reacted to him. And the man of God said, Hey, this is serious. How did this child learn this thing from? Yeah, how? So, children can react a certain way. You wonder where they pick these traits from. 
Look, you can keep a child in a room all the days for 10 years. The child will behave some way you wonder where the child learned it from. Because we are all born unclean. We are all born unclean. Therefore, we have to be redeemed. We have to be redeemed. And if you are born unclean, it takes the clean to redeem you. Now, it takes a lamb to redeem you. And John the Baptist said, Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. <laughs> so the lamb of God came and redeemed us in his place. And he's a lamb, he's the clean. And amazingly, the Bible also calls him the firstborn. He's the firstborn among many brethren. <laughs> So we are in his place now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Do you remember Abraham? Now God told Abraham to go and offer Isaac. Listen, in the mind of God, Isaac was Abraham's first. Because he had a birthright. In the the mind of God, Isaac was first. So Abraham went to the hill to offer Isaac. As he was offering, God stopped him because he is unclean. Everyone born from the womb is unclean. And God showed him a clean, a ram caught in a ticket by its horns. And the ram was used to redeem Isaac. And that's Christ. That's in type. That's Christ. And I'm amazed how a ram was not caught by its fleece, but by its horn. <laughs> if it's caught by its horn, then, then the ram is there willfully. Because if it's the horn, it can push the ticket away and can walk away. Christ laid down his life willingly. He had power to lay down his life and power to take it again. If the thorns had caught the fleece of the ram, it would not have been an accepted sacrifice because it would have been a blemished sacrifice. And under the law, the sacrifices cannot be blemished. If it is blemished, God cannot accept it. Hallelujah. So the first must be is for the Lord. All right. Let's go to Exodus 23, verse 19. Even before then, I told you, we read that whatever, even among human beings, whatever comes, up, comes if you give birth, your first son is <laughs> the first fruit, it's a first lane. Your firstborn belongs to him. And you have to redeem your firstborn by taking a lamb to God. Or else, you know what it means, if you don't redeem your firstborn, the moment you, your son is weaned, you have to take your son to the temple, to the priest, like Samuel, for him to be with the priesthood forever. But if you want to keep your own son, <laughs> you have to redeem your own son with a lamb. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Now let's go to huh. Alright, let's see what this verse says. The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not seat a kid in his mother's milk. The first of the first fruits in thy land, thou shalt bring it to the house of God. Praise God. What is the first fruit? I keep saying what is the first fruit because we are building it gradually have patience 
Hallelujah. It's very simple. Now, this is how it operates. The Israelites basically were farmers. That is what they were doing. Basically, they were farmers. And with their crops, God gave them a system by which they can offer the first fruits to him. Actually, there is a certain festival. There is a feast. There is a festival that was called the Feast of the First Fruit in Israel. The Feast of the First Fruit. There was a Feast of the First Fruit. Now, the Feast of the First Fruit happens at the first month of the year. Take note, the first month of the year. And in Israel, it was a month Nisan, or the month Abib. And in that feast, all the first produce that comes, the first harvest, the first produce, you don't keep it, you carry all to the house of God. And it happened in the month Abib, or Abib, or Nisan, the first month. Your first month is different from our first month. This was is April, you know. <laughs> but ours is January. And thank God we are still in the first month. The feast of first fruit was always the first month. This is what this is what happened. Now the Bible tells us that. Also in Leviticus 23, I can't read all, but Leviticus 23 gives the description that what happened is that. The farmers, normally, the first fruit harvest actually comes during Abib, the first month. So you go to the field. You have sown so many crops, but the first to mature, or the first harvest, you take the sheaves and you bind them. You bind all of it. Now in those days, it was, you bind it with a ribbon of blue. Blue. <laughs> you know blue? Blue is a color of heaven. In the Bible, blue is a heavenly color. That's why blue is my favorite color. Don't worry, I'm wearing brown, but I always am mostly blue. Yeah. Exodus 24 verse 10. Blue is a color of heaven, actually. So, blue is a color of the sky. <laughs> so, you bind the sheep with a ribbon of blue, telling you that the first harvest belongs to heaven. It's heavenly. Let, let me get three people to make an illustration. Just three. Okay. Pastor came himself. All right. Please come up. Now, in Israel, there was the farm. So, woman of God, you represent the farm. There was a farm. So, this is the field. The farm. Then there was what was called the ban, say the ban, B-A-R-N, the ban. No, all right, so you are the, yeah, you are the farm, then you are the ban, and this is the farmer. So, there's a farmer, the farmer, has a field by which he he works on and he reaps his harvest. This is the field. 
but between the field between the field and the farmer's house so this is the farmer but this is where he lives so the farmer's house but this is where the uh, this is what this is the farm between his house and the farm he raises what is called the barn the barn is like a storehouse we also have the term Ghana the, ga- uh, uh, the Ghana or the barn is a, a huge container where any time the farmer comes to the field and harvests the field, he puts everything into the barn. So in Israel, the farmers have what is called a barn. And the barn is between their house and their farm. So that when they leave their house to the field, they will gather all the fruits into the barn. So that anything they, anytime they, they need, you know, extra or, or, or food, whatever they want, they will just walk halfway the journey and take whatever, whatever they want and bring it home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the farmhouse, the farm, and the barn. B-A-R-N. Now, in modern days, the barn is actually the bank. The barn is actually the bank. It's a symbol of the bank. What it means is that Anytime you work at the end of the month, where, does you, where, where do you put your money? The bank. So your money comes, because they were farmers, they put their harvest in the barn. So you are workers, you put your money in the bank, which is a modern day barn. Are you following? So this is how it worked. This is how it worked. Now, the Bible is telling us that. Let me show you how the first fruit works. When the, the year begins, the farmers go to the field and they see the field of harvest, the crops, which one was mature. Then they'll bind all of them in sheaves. All of them in sheaves. All of them. And when they bind them in sheaves, the Bible says that. The first fruit, when they gather the first fruit, you don't take it here. I follow him. Yeah. The first to come up on the field, the first harvest, which is called the first fruit, you gather it, you don't take it into the barn. You don't put it in the barn. You don't put it here. You take it and you walk to the house of God and you put it on the altar. Have you seen the verse? Please let's read, let's read it again. Okay, go to, the, go to verse 10 and let me, let, let's read verse 10. All right. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye become into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheep of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. Hallelujah. In Exodus 23, verse 19, I think we read that earlier. The first of the first fruits of the land, thou shalt bring it, thou shalt bring into the house. So where do you take the first fruits? Do you take it to the barn, or where do you take it? So the first to mature, you don't take it to the barn. You take it straight to the house of God. 
Now look at Proverbs 3 verse 9. Proverbs 3 verse 9. Look at what it says. Honor the Lord. Now whenever you give the first fruit, you honor him. You respect him. You give him his first place. You acknowledge his lordship over your life. You see, you're acknowledging his lordship over your life. You, are, you acknowledge his preeminence because God can never be second. So the first fruit is his. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thine increase. Now, one version says that honor the Lord with thy possessions and with the first fruit of all thy income. Now, are you following me? Well, it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your income. Let's see the next verse. The next verse, verse 10. Let's see what happens when you honor the Lord. Now, you took the first fruit. You didn't bring, bring it to the barn, okay? Ordinarily, everyone brings it to the barn. But now, you belong to God. You are under his economic system. You take the first fruit and you take it to the house of God. By that, God says you have honored him. When you do that, let's see what will happen. The next verse. So shall thy bands be filled with plenty. But that, that's supernatural. Because you took the first fruit. You didn't put it in the barn. You took it to the house of God. To honor the Lord. To tell the Lord, the Lord that, Lord, you are first in my life. I live by the supernatural life, not by the earthly life. I live by your economic system. I have trusted you with my life. Why can't I trust you with my money? I have trusted my soul into your hands for my eternal salvation. Why can't I trust you with my possessions? Lord, I give you your rightful place. You are first in my life. I bring it to you. Because our life is must be the life of faith. <laughs> so you commit everything to God and God is moved. And God is saying that although your ban was empty in the first month, God himself in his integrity, the God who cannot lie, he's not a man that he should lie, he himself, his integrity is the back of his word. You see, by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. And God has spoken, twice have I heard, that power belongeth unto God. You see, God himself said, if you bring the first fruit into the house of God, I will cause thy bands to be filled with plenty. <laughs> your bands will be filled with plenty. Not only your bank account will be filled with plenty, your presence will gush out with new wine. God can be proven. God cannot lie. He said, he that honoreth me, I will honor him. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you that in the first month, if you can honor God with the first fruit of your harvest, God who cannot lie says, you prove him and see. He will cause your bands to be filled with plenty. Your bands will be filled not 30 fold. Your bands will be filled not 60 fold. Your bands will be filled with plenty. I see your bands filled with plenty. I see supernatural money coming to your bank account. People are sending you money from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south, from Asia, from Canada.
Canada, from Europe, all over the world. They are just supplying. And as you bring your first foot to the altar, the angels are provoked. And the angels are inspired. And the angels are stayed. And heaven's resources are opened. And the treasures of God, God's inexhaustible treasury, the treasury of the house of God, is open wide. And you begin to receive abundance. Abundance from everywhere. Abundance from everywhere. Abundance from everywhere. He says, so shall thy bones. The God that cannot lie said, so shall thy bones. The God that cannot lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken? Shall he not make it good? I said in my haste, all men are liars, but God cannot lie. He is the truth. He that blessed himself must bless himself by the God of truth. He is the God that swore by himself. He is the God that swore by his own Godhead. He is the God that swore by the Godhead, by the Trinity. He is the God. And here men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. You see, when God could not swear by the greater, he swore by himself. Because here men swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. But God had to swear by himself because there's no greater than himself. He is saying, if what I say does not come to pass, I will stop being God because I have put my life online. I will stop being God. I swore. When God swears, he swears by his life. When God swears, he swears by his Godhead. When God swears, he swears by his integrity. He swears by the Trinity. Can't you believe me? If you put me first, all things will come into perfect alignment. If you seek first the kingdom and all its righteousnesses, if you seek first the kingdom, all these things will come like a magnet. Your bounds, your bank, your bank account shall be filled with plenty shall be filled with plenty we are the blessed people we are the men of faith we walk by faith and not by sight we walk in the realm of the spirit we walk in the realm of the supernatural we possess divine things we are the seed of Abraham we are the heirs of God we walk in abundance hey the almighty shall be the defense and thou shall have plenty of silver thou shalt lay up gold like dust the gold of offer like the brooks of the streams rima ikaba iko sish ikatele rakta imarele sish ikabakai romakta fakta vasakta vaakta makokakta de befakta masik ikatakta you see there is a supernatural arrangement in your life there are malek the fact the sush ikatakta there is a supernatural alignment in your life mark the back as i'm speaking faith is rising as faith rises i see god bless you for listening we pray that the word of god will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word kindly follow pastor t and love economy church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God